Acquire your target with confidence using the new Crimson Trace Light Guard. With instinctive activation and powerful 100 lumen illumination, identifying your target has never been easier. CrimsonTrace.com. Anything less is just a shot in the dark. Tom Gresham's Gun Talk, where all the women are fast, all the men are accurate, and all the children are aware of their muzzles. Hey, welcome back to Gun Talk. Tom Gresham here. If you want more information about Gun Talk, check it out. GunTalk.com, GunTalk.tv for the hundreds of videos we have. Oh, you have a contest. We're giving away stuff uh, at uh, GunTalk.tv. Our, it's guntalk.com slash contest. We're giving away a whole bunch of reloading equipment from Brownells. Also giving away a whole bunch of $10 gift cards from Brownells. So that's pretty good. You can enter for a chance to win. Guntalk.com slash contest. And, of course, you can always follow me on Twitter. I put out lots and lots of tweets about news that's going on. There's there's more than we can possibly cover here on the radio. So if you want to stay informed and know what's going on day by day, hour by hour, really, uh, just follow me on Twitter. It's at Gun Talk. You know, there are a, a lot of threats out there. Uh, I'm, I'm looking. It, it comes in weird places. This Fast and Furious story got another strange episode in it. just broke. A high-ranking member of a Mexican drug cartel says Fast and Furious wasn't what you think it is. It wasn't about tracking guns at all. It was about providing guns for one cartel so they could wipe out the other cartel. This gets weirder. We'll, we'll cover that as we go. Also, we've got um, another doctor says we need to be studying gun violence as though it is a medical epidemic. We, we've seen this before. This is what the John Hopkins guys have been doing. The CDC tried to do it until Congress yanked their funding and said, no, you're not going to use our money for this junk science stuff of saying that gun violence is an epidemic, is a medical deal, because... Then they move it out of politics and they try to effect gun control or restrictions on you through this junk science medical stuff. You know, and, and I always want to tell them, you can't study a medicine and say, let's look at all the side effects without looking at what it does good for you, right? Because it's always you balance it out. If a medicine does more good than harm, then it's a good thing. Well, they always study gun violence, but they never include all the guns that are used in self-defense. Millions of guns used in self-defense. Gee, I guess they just forgot that. And one of the areas where we are still under attack, always have been, it seems like, is on the hunting front. And make no mistake, I know the the Second Amendment isn't about hunting, but hunting is an important part of the Second Amendment. And if they can eliminate hunting then they can say, well, see, you guys don't really need your guns after all. So an attack on hunting is absolutely an attack on the Second Amendment. And there's a group that probably does more than anybody else in terms of tracking who is attacking hunters and our hunting rights out there. And that's the U.S. Sportsman's Alliance. And joining us right now is Rob Sexton. He is Senior Vice President of USSA. Hey, Rob, I appreciate you spending some time with us today, man. Oh, my pleasure, Tom. Well, U.S. Sportsman's Alliance, you might just explain to people what that is before we get started. Sure. Uh, the U.S. Sportsman's Alliance 
uh, is an organization. Our sole purpose is to protect the rights of Americans to hunt, fish, and trap, and to promote and create opportunities for people to hunt and fish and trap. And I know there are people who say, gee, do we still need a group like that? We're not really under attack, are we? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny. I think we're under attack more than we've ever been. Yep. Uh, in, in more creative ways than it's ever been. You know, the, the anti-hunting movement really got on its feet in the mid-70s, and back then they were sort of a blunt instrument. You know, they'd come and try to take bow hunting away or, uh, you know, uh, trapping away or something like that. Today they're, they're a whole lot more sophisticated, exploiting loopholes in the laws that may not be as obvious to the average hunter, but the net impact is it takes your hunting rights away. So I would say we're under attack more than we've ever been in the history of hunting. And they're going at it just a slice at a time. They say, well, we know we can't eliminate hunting altogether, although that's what they want. Uh, yeah. But they say, well, we'll um, we'll get rid of not just bear hunting, but bear hunting with dogs or bear hunting by using bait. We're going to get a little slice at a time. That's really kind of what they're up to, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, they, they, you know, they learned from those early battles in the 70s and 80s that they couldn't beat us when we were all unified. So... If they can pick some sliver and convince the rest of hunters to stay at home, you know, this isn't really about you. It's just about the guys who chase bears with dogs. Maybe they can talk the rest of hunters into sitting at home and doing something else, and the next thing you know, they've taken a little slice of your hunting rights away, and one piece at a time, next thing you know, they're on your doorstep. So they've gotten more sophisticated, but we've also done an awful good job, I think, as a community over the years of beating most of these attacks we can yeah, beat any attack if we're unified. The biggest weakness hunters have is where is whenever we uh, uh, decide that uh, whatever's under attack just isn't us. Well, the other thing is just staying informed, and that's one of the things that USSA does is it lets people know what's going on. I mean, for instance, we just had a major story that I'll bet you 99% of the hunters in the country don't know about. Explain what just happened out in California. I mean, this was the this was like the ultimate witch hunt. Uh, of, of kicking a guy off of the board there because he's a hunter. Yeah, and that story which we're talking about is uh, is also part of a bigger plan. Uh, you're talk- he's talking about a fellow named Dan Richards, who was who was the president of the Fish and Game Commission uh, in California, who was just thrown off. His crime was that he went on a perfectly legal mountain lion hunt in the state of Idaho, and that's it. And because of that. He attracted fire from the anti-hunting community and the left-leaning press in California. It took him, I guess, about six or seven months to finally get Dan, but he was removed from that chairmanship this week. So this is a guy in charge of the commission that manages fish and wildlife in California. So we're talking about the wise application of wildlife management, you know, protecting the habitat, utilizing the resource, making sure that it's there forever, and they threw him off because he went on a perfectly legal hunt. This this kind of shows you where we are. You know, it was the FBI. I know you know this, but a lot of people don't. The FBI actually has categorized at least a couple of the anti-hunting groups as domestic terrorists. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, a lot of folks uh, may not be aware of outfits like Animal Liberation Front or Earth Liberation Front that are animal rights terrorist organizations that actually, you know, uh, blow up uh, labs where life-saving medical research is done or places that uh, uh, are involved in, in, in shooting and hunting clubs have been vandalized, for instance. 
But there's also connections to those organizations with some better-known animal rights groups. For instance, the People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, PETA, mm-hmm. uh, has, uh, has owned up to the idea that they sometimes have functioned as, a, as an announcing service, a press agent, if you will, for the underground terrorist movement of the animal rights extremist lobby. There's also, I want to, I know we, we only have a few minutes, I can't, we can't get it all in, but I want to make sure that people understand about the HSUS, because everybody always, the media now has gotten to where they're talking about the Humane Society, when they're talking about the Humane Society of the U.S., that's not the American Humane Society, the two are very different, are they not? That's right. It, it's, it's very different. It's not your local dog and cat shelter. I'm glad we're going to talk about the Humane Society of the United States because it is, it, it is the single largest animal rights organization in the world. It's the most effective animal rights organization in the world at taking away the rights of hunters. Uh, and it's active in every state. It's active in Congress. Chances are if a sportsman has lost his hunting or fishing rights, it's because of the Humane Society. And they've really got the mainstream media fooled into thinking that they're your local dog and cat folks. And that's where one of the things that we can do is every single time the local media refers to them as the Humane Society, you need to call them on it, call your local reporter, contact the newspaper, and say, look, you guys just got taken. This is not the people who do shelters here. This is a rapidly anti-hunting group. This is an an animal rights group. And it's not the people who protect cats and dogs. And, and frankly, uh, you just got hornswoggled. And, and, and yeah, you, you, you know what? They made you look stupid. Oh, you know what's funny, Tom? A lot of local area dog and cat shelters actually complain that the Humane Society of the United States has actually hurt them by drawing funding away from them, you know, because they, they fool people into thinking that they are the local uh, dog and cat folks. You know, one other thing I want us to make sure we at least touch on is... Uh, at least a couple of our Olympic shooters right now are under attack. And actually, a couple of women uh, shooters are under attack. Their Facebook pages have been hacked. They have been constantly under attack for months because they are actually hunters. And the anti-hunting groups have really gone after them. They sure have. And, you know, we talked a minute ago about Dan Richards. Something that's going on in the animal rights movement that folks aren't really aware of yet, I think, is what I'm going to call shaming. And what the NIs are doing is they take anybody who sticks out uh, in the hunting and shooting community for one reason or another. They might make press, maybe someone like a shooter, like a Kim Brody or someone like that, mm-hmm. or the case of maybe Donald Trump's son who had the audacity to go on a perfectly legal hunt in Africa and, and, and bring that person under such scrutiny and such a deluge of extremist pressure that they'll make other people want to stay away from it. And I think that's what's happened with this young Olympian. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I imagine the, the average young person is just not equipped to deal with them the way that we are at U.S. sportsmen all the time. But uh, we shouldn't let them shame us out of our sport. And that's really something I think they're trying to do right now. I agree completely. And I just want to tell people, look, one of the great resources, and people don't understand it enough, is U.S. Sportsman's Alliance is, I mean, you guys are doing incredible work. You stay on this, and you're on the stories that most people don't even know about. Well, you know, we've got a staff that does nothing but but, uh, track all 50 states, the Congress, the courts, the regulatory agencies, just looking for where hunting is under attack, sometimes in obscure ways that a lot of hunters don't even know about. And, uh, If folks want to know what's going on, you know, our website, ussportsman.org, 
is a great resource where you can find uh, more information on how to protect yourself. Uh, that is ussportsman.org. Uh, man, I'll tell you what, Rob, you guys are doing great work. I, I give you the strongest uh, vote of confidence that I can give anybody. Anybody who's interested in this needs to get on board and at the very least start getting uh, the information from USSA because that's the best way I know of to stay informed of what's happening out there. I appreciate it, Tom. Uh, getting the word out through shows like yours is vital to our sport. All right, listen, thank you so much for what you guys do. Keep doing it and holler at us anytime we can help. All right, sounds good. All right, you take care. All right, 866-TALK-GUNS. i got to tell you about this story about... <laughs> Mexican cartel says Fast and Furious was about equipping one cartel so we could wipe out the other cartel. This thing, could it get any weirder? I, I don't think so. Also, the question on the floor is, you got to pick one rifle cartridge for all of your North American hunting and shooting. What would it be? 866-TALK-GUNS. Successful hunters know big bucks move early and late, often when it's too dark for common scopes. When that monster steps out, you might see him through the scope, but the crosshairs disappear. All that work and you can't take the shot. But with the Trigicon AccuPoint scope, you'll get the shot. Its bright aiming point glows in daylight or darkness. No batteries needed. AccuPoint scopes are water-resistant and nitrogen-filled, feature multi-layer coated lenses for the brightest image, and you can adjust brightness of the aiming point to match the conditions. Adding 10 or 15 minutes to each end of the day can double the magic moments when the trophies move. You can't hit the target if you can't see the sights. Trigicon AccuPoint scopes. Check out the different models at Trigicon.com or call 1-800-338-0563. Brilliant aiming solutions from Trigicon. The XDM-525 from Springfield Armory. A competition series gun from a name you trust. The XDM-525 features a long sight radius with a fiber optic front sight and adjustable rear sight for fast, accurate shooting. It's available at 9, 40, and 45 and shoots a wide range of loads with a lightened slide. For more, go to SpringfieldArmory.com. That's SpringfieldArmory.com. See what's possible in a pistol. See the Springfield Armory XDM-525. You like to shoot. Well, so do we. If you like to shoot a lot, you may want to consider reloading your ammo. Whether it's high-volume reloading or precision reloading, Brownells has what you need. Or if you're just beginning, they can help you to choose the right equipment and components. As with all components, reloading gear and components are backed by Brownells' 100% unconditional lifetime satisfaction guarantee. Order at Brownells.com or by calling 800-741-0015. That's Brownells.com. Ah, the hits just keep on coming. Do you believe it? We've got a head guy or one of the top guys in one of the Mexican drug cartels who's saying, yeah, that whole Fast and Furious program that you guys are getting all upset about up in the U.S. where the BATF was running guns down here, it's not what you thought it was. They, they were telling you they were trying to track guns. That's not what was going on. They were sending guns down to the Sinaloa cartel so we could give them information about the other cartel and wipe them out. Uh, I, who knows? I don't know. I wouldn't disbelieve it, though. 
Uh, actually, I wouldn't believe, I wouldn't disbelieve anything. I believe almost anything about the BATF. I mean, it was like 30 or 40 years ago that Congress labeled BATF a rogue agency. It was a member of Congress that first called them jackbooted thugs. Actually, a Democratic member of Congress came up with the term of jackbooted thugs for the BATF. That wasn't the NRA. That was Congress. They've been labeled as out of control, and they have been for four decades or more. And they continue. They just keep doing what they're doing, running guns, ruining lives, making raids, charging gun stores with felonies when somebody makes a clerical error on a form. It's what they do. Oh, yeah. oh, by the way, if you haven't heard the BATF parody song that we did, uh, well, we may play it a little later in the show here. If you would like to download it, we have that available over at uh, guntalk.com. You can go to that, or you can go directly. It's uh, guntalk.libsyn, L-Y-B-S-I-N dot com, and you can find that parody song there. All right, we're asking people your favorite rifle cartridge. Okay, let's go to Austin. He's on line two out of Texas. Hello, Austin. Hey, how you doing, Tom? Good. You got a favorite caliber? Well, I've got more of a favorite rifle on the uh, calibers are given. All I'm right. going with the Springfield Armory M1903, which is 30 out six. 30-06. Well, as you've been able to hear, I bet you, what, three-quarters now of the votes are either 308 or 6 Yeah, the 308, 6 or 30-30, uh, all the same family. Yeah, all 30 caliber. You know, they always say America is a 30 caliber country, and I think that probably is just because that's what the military has used for so long, and we tend to end up using what the military does, and that's why the AR-15 is so popular now, because that's been, you know, the M4, M16 has been our military rifle for so long, but we've been a 30 caliber country for a long time, and, you know, the other thing is... When you put everything aside, it just flat works. How long have you been shooting thirty out six? I've been shooting thirty out six since oh about fifteen years now. My father's got the nineteen oh three, so that's what I grew up on. There you go. All right. Appreciate it, Austin. Let's see, uh Rod is in Omaha on line one. Rod, you're on gun talk. Hi. I it's another vote for the three oh eight. Three oh eight. Yes. I um I have an AR fifteen format in that, that I just absolutely love and then Okay, now that's interesting because now this is the first time that somebody has said 308, but in an AR platform. Which uh, which rifle do you have? I've got the PWS Mark 216. Very good. How long have you had that? Uh, probably six months now. Okay, and I haven't broke it yet. So. <laughs> Are you trying to break it? Not really. Ah, okay. But well, I. I just picked it up, and it just—I mean—it's been shooting great for me, and mm-hmm. it just feels right. Now, okay, here's the question: You've got an AR—we'll call it an AR-15. It's really an AR-10 platform, yeah. if you will, and 308. Uh, what are you going to do with that? Uh, I can hunt, um, target mm-hmm. shoot, protect my home. Well, it's a little bit too big for the home, I think. Well, but, it, it would work, but yeah. Yeah, I'd worry about the neighbors. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, mostly just pretty much. Yeah, okay, pretty much anything you want. I just picked up a SIG 716 and 308. I don't even have it rigged up the way I want yet. And it's one of those, if somebody were to ask me why, it's one of those, well, I'm not sure. I, it seemed like the thing to do at the time. I like the 308. I like the AR platform. 
Why not put them together? Oh, here's a question for you. Have you been able to find magazines for your rifle? Not many. Right. They're, they're hard to come by. They really are. I'm finding the same thing. And I'm, I mean, I've been going around and checking Brownells, checking my favorite suppliers out there. Everybody's out of stock. So I'm out there scrounging with everybody else trying to get mags. Yeah, the mags are a shortage. The local shops, I mean, they're going out more than the, the rifles. Mm hmm. So, yeah, the, that's the issue is, uh, <laughs> You know, if you could find you a supply of magazines for a 308 ARs, it would be worth it just to grab those and then get you a gun later. I know that's backwards, but it's it's kind of the weird place that we are these days. All right, thank you for that uh, call, Rod. George, we got a minute for you on line four out of New York. George, go ahead, please. I only started hunting a few uh, years ago uh, in New York. Uh, white-tailed deer, I've got a 200-yard shot, so I went with a 270. Well, you know, the 270 will take care of everything up close and then long. I'm a surprise. This is only the second mention of the 270. Uh, I got to tell you, for most, anything short of brown bear, frankly, I think the 270 may actually be a better choice than the 30 6 I know that sounds like heresy, but it is. it has less recoil, it shoots flatter, and it just simply kills stuff. And yes, for those who are wondering, I am including elk. With that, I know people say, "Oh, two seventy is too light for elk." Well, tell that to the elk. Uh, yeah, no, I the, don't the have too many elk up here in New York, <laughs> <laughs> in New York State, about an hour north of the city. And I got to mention, I'm like way advanced on the technology here. I got my internet radio on. I got it plugged into a Sea Crane radio tunable FM transmitter. I can get about jack it up and get about two hundred feet out of. So I'm going downstairs and listen to you on my while I'm working on my lawn tractor. I love it. Working on long tractors almost as good as listening to Gun Talk while you're reloading, so I appreciate the call. Oh, yeah, by the way, everybody, if you don't have it for your smartphone, you can get a Gun Talk app. So that way it will download the show for you, and you can listen to it at your convenience. It's, we call it, I guess that's a DVR for radio. <laughs> sure, it would be. Gun Talk app, and you can get that, obviously, on whichever app store that you need to go to for your uh, Android or your iPhone or whatever, that'll work for you. All right, which would be your choice? If you had to pick only one, only one caliber for everything out there, I was kind of expecting maybe bigger calibers to come in. We'll see. 866 Talk Gun. Gun Talk. Tom Gresham. Oh, yeah. Gun Talk. Oh, yeah. 866-TALK-GUNS. That'll get you in here. I'm Tom Gresham. GunTalk.com if you want more information on some of the things we do. We do a, we do a lot of things. We've got a couple of TV shows, a radio show, and lots of stuff online. We've got a lot of things happening out here. And it's all about guns, and it's all about having fun and doing it safely and responsibly. And, yeah, a lot of people want to know about self-defense. Here's a story. Uh, North Augusta, I believe that's South Carolina, but I'm not sure. Uh, Dateline is North Augusta. One man is dead and two are recovering after being shot by a store owner, a gun store owner. During a burglary of his business, a burglary of his business, Thursday morning, uh, three guys decided they would drive through the wall of a gun store at 4 o'clock in the morning. One of those crash and bash and take off. So they just drive through the wall, break in the wall, got in there. The only thing is, the store owner, he'd been robbed before. So he and his wife live in the back of the store. 
So these three guys, I mean, they tear down the wall. They're grabbing guns. So store owner, uh, Stephen Bayazes, I believe it is, B-A-Y-A-Z-E-S, Jr., 57 years old. So he and his wife were asleep in the back. So what's he do? He grabs an AR-15. Yes, an AR-15 for defending his life and protecting his wife. And he goes in there and he simply shoots the three of them, kills one, wounds the other two, goes through one thirty-round mag, and goes back to the bedroom to reload. Uh, yeah, basic, basically a good outcome. He's safe. His wife is safe. And uh, police sergeant being interviewed says, "Quote: If someone is breaking in your home or business, you have the right to defend yourself and not retreat." Excellent, good work by all. And for those who question it, yes, an AR-15 is an absolutely great home defense gun. And no, it doesn't over-penetrate. It does what it's supposed to do. If you want more details, by all means, give me a call. If you if you think it's not a good choice, call me and tell me why. I'd love to get your take on it. Also, uh, we're pretty much open lines. If there's a question on your mind, a gun you want to talk about, I can't tell you what your guns are worth. Okay, I don't do that. But pretty much anything else, we would knock it around a little bit. Our number is 866-TALK-GUNS. 866-TALK-GUNS. Line three, Merrill's with us out of Silver Springs, Nevada. Hello, Merrill. Hello, Tom. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. I uh, want to add my uh, vote for a .30-06. Okay. How long have you been shooting a .06? A long time. Long time. Years. Um, I started out with a Model 770. It was the... Uh, uh, I guess the low end model seventy, right, right, in the old days, um, and uh, it's you know it's a meat pole uh, that rifle was, and um, <clears throat> now I've got uh, the reason I'm voting for it though I was I was going back and forth between a three fifty eight Norma and a thirty out six, but uh, now I've got a uh, J C Higgins model fifty, and uh, bought it as a truck gun, and uh, <laughs> it's kind of graduated to being my uh, favorite rather than just. Uh, Gun. No kidding. Now, I mean, how old is a J.C. Higgins rifle? A 1951, and it's wow. in beautiful shape. It was a pawn shop queen, and uh, I've got a uh, Weaver K4 on it, little steel tube, wide view mm-hmm. on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really, I bedded it. Really, uh, very accurate rifle. I, it's uh, it's a nostalgic thing with me with that rifle. Uh, sure. But. Uh, yeah, I've got a long history with the 270, and I tossed that one around a bit. And uh, but I have to say, the 30 out six, just uh, okay. It, it, yeah, absolutely. I don't, you know, the thing is, and as you, as you can tell, with all the votes for the out six and the 308, you just can't go wrong with a mid-level. And people think a 30 out six is a big rifle. No, actually, it's not. It's just a right. mid-level rifle, uh, a mid-level 30 caliber round. You know, if you can push a 160, 180 grain bullet out at anywhere from 2,500 to 2,800 feet per second in that ballpark, you got everything you need. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Merrill, listen, appreciate the call. We got a vote for the Ot 6 right there. Line two, Butch is in Jackpot, Nevada. Hello, Butch. Hey, Tom, how are you today? Good. You got to have a favorite uh, caliber you like. Oh, I've got a couple of them I like. My two favorites is my thirty thirty that my grandfather gave me that he got from his dad. Mm-hmm. My old Winchester 74. And then my next one is my 762 by 58. 54, I'm sorry. By 54? 
Yep, 762 by 54. It's an old Russian rifle. Okay, and uh, how did you come by that? Um, it accidentally came back with me to the United States. <laughs> it just hits the ride, did it? Yeah, it, I, don't, I don't know how it got in there, but I found it when I was unpacking. <laughs> How's it shoot? Oh, I tell you what, that thing will knock a piss in off a telephone pole at 300 yards. Well, there you go. You can't get much better than that. Now, what uh, what country were you in that you this thing followed you home from? <laughs> um, one with lots of mountains in the uh, Middle East. Gotcha. Okay, good deal. It's kind of like a buddy of mine says, yeah, I was in places that we still deny we were there, so I got you. But listen, I uh, I understand, and Butch, I appreciate that. Now, that's a vote we haven't gotten before, 762 by 54. There's one that we hadn't heard from before. I appreciate the call. Gary's in Bossier City, Louisiana on one. Gary, talk to me. How you doing this afternoon, Tom? Oh, we're having a great time picking out... Some of our favorite guns. Now, some of them are the ones that I like. Uh, a couple I, I like I haven't heard yet, but we'll see. Well, one of my favorites is a, uh, I have a Klein Gunther K-14 in a uh, in 7mm Remington Magnum that is an absolute Cadillac. I love it. My uncle mm. helped get it for me back when I was about 17 years old, and I have hunted with that gun since, and I'm 41 years old. So it's you know, absolutely beautiful. The first centerfire rifle that I owned, not the first one I shot, because uh, I, I took deer. My first deer was with a 308, but the first centerfire rifle I owned was a 7 mag. Still have it, left-handed Savage, because I shoot left shoulder. And back then, you pretty much had uh, Savage and Weatherby. That's about all that was available, left-handed. And a 7 mag, and just felt like, you know what, whatever I need to do, I can do it with that caliber. I, you can just you can shoot anything in North America with that, honest to Pete. Yeah, this gun I got was built in 1969, and uh, just it, it it mimics kind of looks like a Mark, uh, Weathery Mark V. Right. But it's all it has the it has the uh, ivory or simulated ivory inlay on it. It's the just beautiful hand rub stock all the way through. I mean, it's just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, but it's just it's it's one of those uh, it's the old what I call the old go to because you can sight it in. I shoot it. Some, but I don't shoot it too much because I won't ever be able to get a replacement barrel to match it. But right. I shoot it. I, I, you can just sight it in, take it out right before deer season, and and go put three downrange at two hundred yards and and go. Okay, all I needed was three bullets, and that's done deal. Let's go hunt. That that's it happens every year like that. It just it <laughs> never changes, and I love it. So all right, listen. I appreciate the call, sir. Now, Charlie, don't go anywhere. I, I got to get to you when we come back. We got to talk about uh, shooting ranges and what's going on out there in Washington State. Uh, tell you what, everybody, eight six six Talk Guns. We're looking for your call, looking for your favorite rifle, your favorite caliber. We got a whole bunch of choices. There are still some openings there, and. People are actually picking pretty much the same one a lot of times, but I'd like to know what your favorite is. 866-TALK-GUNS. Since 1997, Access Sights have been helping good guys take care of bad situations. The industry leader in gunfighter sights for pistols, shotguns, and rifles. Access Sights are the upgraded solution to your defensive firearms. Learn more about Access Sights and purchase them at accesssights.com. You can also order your new gun with Excess Sights already installed from companies such as Smith & Wesson, Ruger, Remington, Mossberg, and Marlin. If you need a gun, you need Excess Sights. The Ruger 1022 Takedown, a new take on the legendary Ruger 1022. 
With all of the features and functionality of America's favorite rimfire rifle, the Ruger 1022 takedown easily separates for convenient storage and transportation. Reassembly is simple and returns the rifle to zero, ensuring precision shot after shot. Packed in a backpack-style bag included with the rifle, the Ruger 1022 takedown makes it easy to keep America's favorite rimfire by your side. Visit the best of the outdoors every night from your living room on the Pursuit Channel. From whitetails to turkeys, bass to blue marlin, the most exciting action found anywhere happens right here. Catch mossy oaks inside the obsession, scent blocker, and the Drury's natural born. Bloodline with Alex Rutledge and more. Channel 240 on Dish, Channel 608 on DirecTV. It's on every subscriber's basic package. To bring Pursuit to your cable network, visit PursuitChannel.com. Pursuit, it's a way of life. What's a must-have for your self-defense handgun? It's Crimson Trace laser sights. Crimson Trace laser sights fit ergonomically with the handgun and are instinctively activated. When you grip the gun, the laser turns on. So good that 99% of customers would recommend Crimson Trace to family and friends. For more info, go to CrimsonTrace.com. That's CrimsonTrace.com. Back with you here. Let's. Uh, I want to drop down the line too. I want to get Charlie in here out of Bremerton, Washington. Charlie, you're on Gun Talk. Hi, Tom. Good to talk to you. you um, my favorite caliber would be the 35 Wheelan, son of the 30 out six. Uh, Yay! <laughs> I love and, the Wheelan. Um, it, it doesn't kick as hard as the Magnum cartridges. It takes a big, big bullet, shoots flat, shoots straight, and it'll take anything in the continent. Basically, it's a 30 out six, necked up to 35, and it will do the job. Yep, I'll never run out of brass, um, unless of course they outlaw shooting out here in Kitsap County, Washington. Which and then we're all going and then we're all going to be outlaws, right? Uh, right, so yeah, they uh, anybody that uh, is listening uh, to your show, and I, I know our local station here in uh, Kitsap County carries you. Um, mm-hmm. Probably want to turn out for a, a range review committee meeting on Wednesday the fifteenth at six p.m. at the county building. What's they, going on? Really, they're really going after us, Tom. They want they've uh, come out with a position paper that basically says that uh, since 1992, uh, kind of an arbitrary date, uh, the power, caliber, and types of weapons has changed drastically at the shooting ranges, and that things that used to only be the purview of law enforcement and FBI are now being used at private ranges. Our club was founded in 1926 by returning World War I veterans for sport and national defense. There was a time that our club would use fully automatic weapons to practice combat tactics. Who, who, came up, who, who did this position paper? The Department of Community Development for Kitsap County. And if you want to just check the kits, go to kitsapcounty.gov, check community development. They uh, have a staff report dated August 9th, uh, which not coincidentally, I'm sure, was the date that they stopped taking written comment on the proposed ordinance. So they put out their position paper on the day they stopped taking written comment. Wow. So the fix is in, is what you're saying. The fix is in. We need uh, we need gun owners that uh, listen to your show and live in Kitsap County to turn out to that meeting on Wednesday night because uh, the opposition is organized and they've got the county government. So we need so, help. Okay. When, when and where again? Uh, Kitsap County Government Building. That's in Port Orchard, Washington. That'll be at 6 p.m. on Wednesday the 15th in the county council chambers. 
Okay, for those who aren't getting it, it is such a bizarre idea that we're now using more powerful guns. Actually, if we're talking about AR-15s, what you ought to do is take a couple of rounds. One's a .30-06, and one's a .223. Uh, yep, uh, that's exactly what I'm going to do, because when our range was founded, the .30-06 was a standard military caliber. Right. And so this is what we've moved from. In 1906, this cartridge was adopted by the U.S. military, and now this is the one that is used by the U.S. military. So tell me how we're getting more powerful again. Precisely, Tom. Yeah, well, listen, good luck with it, and uh, thanks for coming on and getting the word out. Everybody in that area, even up in the Seattle area, get yourself in your car, get down there, get to this thing. Uh, we need to flood this meeting with polite commentary and comments, but it, it really is a matter of numbers, because if they've got the fix in, the only thing that stops that is to completely pack the room with responsible gun owners out there. we we, we got to do it. So, man, I, I appreciate that. Charlie, I appreciate the call. Let's see, line four, uh, Dusty. Uh, yep, we got Dusty is in Mancos, Colorado. Hello, Dusty. Hey, how you doing, Tom? Great, great. It's Mancos. Uh, Mancos, thank fine. you. Mancos. Anyway, I got two old ones and, and a fairly new one that I like. I All like right. the .45-70. Oh, what do you have? It. What kind of rifle? I've got a, a 1885 high wall. Oh, nice. And I've got a H&R Shakiri. Okay. Forty-five seventy. All right. Do you hand load for that? Yes, I do. Okay, yeah, because to get the most out of the forty-five seventy, you really have to hand load. Yeah, and what I like about it is you can load it with new powder or you can load it with black powder. Uh-huh. So and, whichever and, one you got. Okay, very good. And you said you had a modern one? A modern one is a forty-five long colt in a rifle. Now, Again, that's for the same reason, you can load it black powder or modern powder. Well, you know, you're just kind of a weird guy, aren't you? You like both the old <laughs> stuff and the new stuff. Well, yeah, I'm looking forward to the day that <laughs> we might not have everything we got. So, so there you go. So get it all and and, and stock up while you can. I, I'm with you there, man. All right, Dusty, appreciate that. That is a, a very interesting combination. Don's in Salt Lake City on three. Hello, Don. You're on Gun Talk. Hey, Tom. Appreciate your program. You bet. Okay. Uh, I'm from New York, lived in a shotgun county upstate. So, mm -hmm. consequently, I really didn't need a rifle. Um, and when I came back, when I moved out to Salt Lake 30 years ago, uh, everybody was buying auto loaders. And being the contrarian that I am, uh, I went for a uh, number, Ruger number one single shot and seven millimeter Remington Magnum. Oh, that's a nice combination. Now, did you get the uh, number one that has the 26 inch barrel? That's correct. That is a wonderful rifle. That's the 1B uh, model. And with that 26-inch barrel, you get extra velocity. But because it's a single shot, you don't have the repeating action back there. So you actually give up about four inches that the gun can be shorter. So you get a full 26 inches of barrel length, but it's the overall length is the same as it's a 22-inch barrel length. I love that combination. Love Ruger number ones. I'll tell you what, the number 1B and a 7 mag, one of the great hunting rifles ever made.
tell you, that last call got me thinking. Talk about the guns you never should let go. I had a Ruger number one, the one B, twenty six inch barrel, and two seventy Weatherby, which is a sleeper cartridge out there. Man, that thing is fast. You get that cartridge chamber in a twenty six inch barrel. Holy smoke, that was a great gun. <laughs> no, thank, uh, yeah, I see that. Uh, never should let that one go. Uh, well, we've all got a list of those, don't we? Hey, Ron's in Baghdad, Florida, on one. Hey, Ron, you're on Gun Talk. Well, you make it hard on us old geezers with all the rifles that we've had over the years, don't you? Yes. <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to love, and I don't remember, we're talking almost 50 years ago now, Tom. My father had a um, lever action 357. 357 Magnum? Yep. I wonder if it was a Marlin. Could well have been. I, I just I just don't remember. Probably, just, probably was a Marlin, and... Um... Interesting because I've always thought that a lever action 357 is like one of the more fun rifles you could have. You could shoot 38 specials in it with light loads, but you put 357 Magnum ammo in it, and with that longer barrel, you're getting some real nice velocity. And that, you know, that's a pretty serious hundred yard deer rifle. Right, and that's what we did a lot. Every year we'd go up to the Ozarks, and you know, you had, like you said, you had to track them within you know 7,500 yards, and it was mm-hmm. pretty good. But my my default. Hunting rifle of choice is the Weatherby 270. Really? The Mark uh, Mark Four, um, Mark Five. I really, I really like that. You do a little bit of work on the uh, bolt on it, so you mm-hmm. got a smoother action, and it's just, it's a wonderful gun. I love it. Well, and that cartridge, people don't really appreciate the velocity increase you get in the Weatherby over the 270 Winchester. Right. Uh, it is, I mean, it's, and I can't remember right offhand, but I want to say it's in the 300 feet per second range. I mean, it's a lot faster. I think it's just a tad over 300, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, probably. I was going to say four, and I thought, nah, I don't want to go there. But I think it's between three and 400 feet per second faster. Well, and here's the other thing. The dirty little secret is that a lot of the factory ammo in 270 is loaded slow. It's below their specs. Uh, in fact, they, the factories actually, about 20 years ago, reduced the published velocity of the 270 Winchester because they were unable to get a powder that could get them to the uh, factory specs, so they dropped the specs down. So then the Weatherby became even better in terms of comparison between the Winchester and the Weatherby. The 270 Weatherby is like a lightning bolt. It is so fast. Right, and it's it's fairly lightweight. Uh, recoil mm-hmm. is uh, very acceptable, so that's that's one I just like. And real quickly, I know you're coming to the break, but you, I would suggest you start following the stand your ground law in Florida because it's not from who you think it would come from. We're seeing more and more defense attorneys going to stand your ground, and the legislators are going to have to take come to grips with this and better because the courts are getting covered up with stains of ground defense when it doesn't belong there at all. Right. And that's happened before where all of a sudden the uh, defense attorneys, when they've got real honest-to-goodness bad guys, they're using self-defense or stand your ground, and it becomes a, a complication for those of us who are, are handling guns correctly and actually using guns in self-defense that gets clouded when the bad guys start using that. So, yeah, it's, you're exactly right. It's an issue that we're going to have to keep following, and we will. And I appreciate the call. 270 Weatherby. Yeah, one of the, seriously, no kidding now. Uh, and it's available in other rifles in addition to the Weatherby. So uh, Ruger chambers it, and I know at least Ruger does, 
and I think some other manufacturers do. So as you're looking at possible hunting cartridges, don't overlook this one. Now, of course, we also have the uh, 270 short mag, which is a magnum, but it's shorter. And it, But anyway, you're getting velocities that are faster than the 270 Winchester, the traditional cartridge. Maybe not quite up to the Weatherby, but it's a pretty good choice. God, we have so many good choices out there. Looking for your favorite rifle caliber. 